What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Uncut Fantasy Baseball Podcast. My name's Zach. I will be the one walking you through, guiding you on this mission today as we uh, talk a little bit during the off season here. I'm going to present, you know, a few different things that are fantasy related, but, you know, just talking more baseball generalities and talk about what's going on in the sport right now. Currently, we have three of our four championship series teams decided in the AL championship series. You will be seeing the Boston Red Sox take on the Houston Astros. Yes, the most scandalous series of the, you know, century of baseball history. You know, both these teams were wrapped up in a lot of on the field stuff that didn't come out until several years after both these teams won championships. Obviously, everyone knows, you know, kind of what happened there, but it's just kind of interesting that these two teams both triumphed and really handled their opponents in the division series. Boston wins, you know, that wild card game against the Yankees, and I think it really has propelled them here. And uh, they looked pretty, pretty dominant um, against the Tampa Bay Rays not really letting their foot off the gas for the most part. And really the same thing could be said for the Houston Astros. You know, they were going to be a juggernaut going into the season. You know, I really didn't have any doubts that they were going to be on top of that division. And, um, you know, the White Sox came in there and got their butts handed to them uh, in a four-game set. They did uh, womp them one game. I think they put up 12 runs. But outside of that, didn't put up much of a fight. And so both of those teams are going to move on and battle it out to see who's going to be the AL's representative in the World Series. And on the NL side, we did have the Atlanta Braves take care of business against the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, You know, the Brewers, you know, just kind of look like a deflated team and um, really didn't bring their best stuff. Still didn't get what we needed out of Christian Yelich in that series and just kind of a disappointment on their end. Um but we are awaiting the finale, Game 5 of the Dodgers-Giants series. Of course, this thing had to go to a Game 5. Can the Giants keep their magical season alive and get to the World Series and finish this thing off? I'm really curious to see. I've been saying it this whole year. I just didn't think they were the real deal. But at this juncture, like if I think the Dodgers are the better team. Shout out Dodgers fans. I got plenty of friends that are Dodgers fans and we'll put a little smirk on their face when they hear this, but I think the Dodgers are the better team. I think the Giants have just outplayed some of these teams and really outpitched in a lot of these games, you know, like kind of a lot of low scoring games other than last night. Dodgers put up quite a few runs early and were able to secure that victory. Um, and we'll see, you know, tomorrow's pitching matchup is Julio Urias against Logan Webb, two young guns getting it done. Um, So I'm really curious to see what happens tomorrow. If the Giants can pull off this series victory and go to the championship series, I think they got a real shot. I think they probably are going to be the team that ends up representing the NL in the World Series just crazy, man. I'm still in disbelief. I still don't know how they're doing it. You know, they got a whole roster of guys that are in the twilight years of the career, but they're still producing. And guess what? You know, sometimes your team gets hot at the right time. It just feels like this whole season they just haven't gone cold, really. Um, you know, maybe one or two guys in the lineup at a time 
have you know had their ups and downs, but he just never felt like the team as a whole um, was struggling as bad as some of you know the other rosters in the division, and as bad as some of the other rosters in the MLB did. You know, um, I think there's a lot more talented rosters, and I think most people would agree on that. Um, but it's all going to be in sync. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. And uh, they had it in sync for most of the season, and now they're fighting for their World Series lives. So very curious to see what happens there. Um, that's kind of your quick where we are in the playoffs MLB update. Um, you know, a few news and notes here. Um, the manager carousel has started to turn a little bit since the end of the season. We did see the dismissal of Jace Tingler, uh, the firing of Jace Tingler from the San Diego Padres, as well as the the uh, dismissal of Luis Rojas. They didn't end up picking up his option um, going into 2022. So we have those two pretty big vacancies from you know uh, a manager perspective. I think those are two desirable gigs. Obviously, working with the Mets front office might not be super desirable, but, um, you know, talk about a talented team out there in New York, man. There's there's not too many reasons why, barring health and these guys actually playing the way they're supposed to, um, this team can't succeed. We will see what happens. You know, I think bringing back Javier Baez is an interesting proposition. He had a pretty pretty solid season. All around, but in addition, while he was there, and um, if they do bring him back, I, 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 you know, a lot of the rumblings early on here, Ron Washington is, you know, he likes the job in San Diego. He was a finalist last uh, two years ago when they were, you know, going through the process of looking for a manager to um, take over after Ari, uh, Andy Green, sorry, his uh, unceremonious dismissal mid. 2018 or was it 2019 now I'm getting my years all messed up we're in season 3 of 2020 so I don't really know but uh, if the you know I think Ron Washington's the right man for the Mets job to be brutally honest I think you know you have a two star middle infielders potentially if Javi Baez does come back I don't know if they're going to be able to spend the shekels to keep them there um you know, that front office is just all over the place, man. From the ownership down, they just got to figure a lot of things out. They got to they gotta rebrand the culture there and try to get that thing back on track. Francisco Lindor, oh my God, man. He needs to get healthy and they need to just get him back on track because he looked so lost this year. And it was just a disappointing season for the Mets. They did, you know... Have they did fight until the end? Um, they were they were in it, you know, in the playoff hunt till the you know pretty much the last week of the season. But still, this team you know should have had much higher uh, aspirations. Obviously, Jacob Degrom getting hurt doesn't help either. But I think Ron Washington, having spent you know a couple years working with uh, Ozzy Albies and the middle infielders in Atlanta, um, I think he's really the a good fit there um you know a veteran manager who um you know good baseball man 
who is going to get, you know, a lot out of his players. We saw him do it in the early uh, part of last decade um, with the Texas Rangers, took them to the World Series twice with, you know, a lot of guys that, you know, are household names now, but might have been relative unknowns back then. So exciting time to think about, you know, the prospects of what could happen with the Mets, but um, I'm very curious to see what happens there. And then obviously we kind of switch gears and perspectives and talk about um, Jace Tingler having, you know, the ultimate collapse this past season, a team that was, you know, vying for the playoffs and, you know, made a lot of big moves in the off season last year to try to contend this season and ultimately fell very far short, fell on their faces short, uh, ended up having a losing record overall. Um, it kind of re- reminiscent of, you know, a couple years ago, Bryce Harper goes to the Phillies and, you know, everyone thought, oh, this is going to be a championship team now. It's still got to all gel and still got to all work. And his first couple seasons in Philadelphia, they were, you know, a 500 ball club, basically. Um, and, you know, they got the right manager in there now in Philadelphia, that is, uh, and Joe Girardi. And that team was, you know, getting getting pretty close to having, you know, a spot in the playoffs this year. Um just narrowly missing, you know, those last few waning days of the season. So I think that there's plenty of talent on the Padres roster as it is. And obviously we know how excited uh, Mr. AJ Preller is to make moves, but who's the right manager to bring in there? I don't think they can go the route of having another first time manager after two, you know, I would say failures and, uh, overall sense in Andy Green and Jace Tingler. I think, you know, Andy Green, I, I just, you know, he never really had a lot to work with while he was here, but, you know, they gave him like half a season with a half talented team and, he, you know, not very much pitching and he wasn't able to do, you know, anything with that. He was really here in San Diego during the transition years when this team was changing ownerships. It was just not. Not good. Change in philosophies, new GM. They had to rework a lot of things, so don't entirely blame him. That's probably why he got a little bit of a longer leash with less expectations. But Jace Tingler, you know, last season, this team kind of arrived early. They did make the playoffs in that shortened season and made it to the um, championship series against the Dodgers. Were not successful in their, you know, endeavors there, but came into the season with really high expectations and you know, again, just didn't quite deliver. And I think oh, there's a lot of rumblings. A lot of people, especially Padres fans, are sitting there going, oh, let's let's get Bruce Bochy back here. here. And I don't, I don't know if that's the right answer. I really, for whatever reason, I, in my heart of hearts, I just don't think that's going to be the guy that ends up leading this ball club. Um, you know, I... I'm not going to totally rule it out um, because, you know, there's, where there's smoke, there's fire. There's a lot of people talking about it. So I'm sure they're going to do their due diligence there. But there's a lot of qualified managers, um, you know, that would be similar to Boach. Um, Mike Sosha, uh, you know, a guy that has been there and done it before. Um, you got Bob Melvin, who's, I believe, in the Mets front office but he's not um he's not acting in like a coach or manager um from a manager position or perspective 
Brad Osmus, Buck Showalter is probably my favorite, honestly. I think, you know, he was there for the early days of Manny Machado. And, um, you know, I think if you can have the leader of your ball club and the manager and the leader of the team and the players in Manny Machado be succinct and on the same page, um, you know, I think that can kind of trickle throughout the ball club. Um, you know, he was, you know, he was there, uh, in Baltimore when they had a lot of success early, earlier last decade, you know, they were, you know, in the playoff conversation in a really tough division, always doing it with, again, not a ton of pitching, but they had a lot of young, um, really prolific hitters and, uh, guys that went on to have pretty successful careers thus far. Um, and I think, you know, he, he, he has built teams up and got them to near playoff bound and then been unceremoniously fired and had those teams then go on and win championships, i.e. both the Yankees um, and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, before they started winning championships, Arizona in 2001, and then uh, in the early 90s with the Yankees, Buck Showalter was the manager of those teams Granted, you know, good draft picks coming up, playing well, makes a difference too. But, you know, he was he was pushing those teams in the right directions before they found success. So I think, you know, getting a team that it seems like all the pieces are there already, you just got to get these guys to maximize their value and what they can bring to the ball club. Um, I think that could be the right guy here. But there's a lot of... Other guys that have big big league experience, John Farrell, John Gibbons, um, Freddie Gonzalez is out there. Uh, I don't know if they want to go the Carlos Beltran route. I just don't think um, this team needs more distractions than what they have. But, hey, um, Dusty Baker's handling that job in uh, Houston pretty well. And Alex Cora's got his team in the championship series too, so... You never know, but um, you know it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds throughout the off season here, um, and see where some of these managers end up. Aaron Boone of the Yankees and Rocco Baldelli of the Minnesota Twins are also guys on the hot seat, and um, Aaron Boone's contract is up at the end of the World Series this year, unless they you know re-sign him or you know bring him back with a contract extension he he's a free agent so to speak so um, that could be a desirable fit for both the teams we just talked about Rocco Baldelli you know took the twins to two division titles in a row but watched that team just totally fall flat this year um some you know they had some pretty significant injuries um to some of their hitters and you know, midseason they traded Jose Barrios away. Um, you know, just things didn't really break their way this season. Definitely still a winnable division, or at least a division where you could finish second and try to, you know, place for a wild card. But, um, you know, I know that I've read in several places that he could be on the hot seat as well. So that could be an interesting fit. Um, you know, two guys that are relatively young, um, and, um, you know, I think that works well with players. Not every player um, will, you know, buy into some of those older perspectives. You know, of course, he's your manager, but, you know, the game is way different now than it was played in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s. So, 
you know, there is a little bit of a disconnect, I think, sometimes. But as you're seeing, you know, older managers can have success. You know, I think it is building that strong culture. You might not have to believe that, you know, everything that they're saying is relevant today. But Tony La Russa, you know, had some turmoil midseason. He was able to get them right where they needed to be, winning 93 games in that division. And, um, you know, there's a lot of guy, people that thought, you know, this might not be the right fit for this squad. Very edgy, a lot of young, Hispanic, African-American players. Um, and a lot of guys that play the game with uh, more flair than Tony La Russa might enjoy. And so I think, um, you know, that he was able to do a good job of shielding his players, showing that he had their back. And just teaching them that strong culture that you need to breed a winning environment. Um, you know, Aaron Boone has had a lot of success in New York. And like I said, Rocco Baldelli, outside of this season, the previous two years, found a lot of success in Minnesota. Um, so it, it's not out of the question that, um, you know, those guys could be back in those positions. But if those vacancies open up, that just creates more of a minutia with all those, you know, older managers we talked about where some of those guys will go um, or, if, you know, some of them will not end up in any, any of those spots. So we'll see. We will see what happens there. But um, there's a few news notes that I did want to go over that could be fantasy relevant for next season. One thing, you know, we're seeing the Rockies get out to a, a nice start here, um, spending money frivolously. Uh, man, this team just... I don't know what they're doing, but um, Antonio Sensatella gets a five-year extension for $50.5 million. Doesn't seem like a great um, use of assets, but hey, you know, you'll take quality starting pitching. I don't know if he's it, but, um, you know, he had made 28 starts this season. Didn't have a great record. It was 4-10, and 10, but for Coors Field, 4.42 ERA isn't the worst in the world. He did eat up some innings through 156.2 innings, but not a huge strikeout guy. 105 Ks in those innings. Pitched a 1.34 whip. Just a guy. He's just a guy, I think, um, which is unfortunate. I don't know if they have problems getting guys to go there. You know, if you're a top flight pitcher, do you want to go pitch in Colorado? Maybe if they pay you enough money, but, you know, there hasn't been a lot of guys that have found a ton of success there, so I don't. You know, they're always going to have this problem, so they might be trying to latch on to anyone that can stay healthy and has a pulse for, you know, a full season. And he is that, so um, I guess, you know, maybe the resources aren't totally lost, but I just feel like, you know, for $50 million, you hope you could get a little bit more quality for that money. And then they uh, ended up extending CJ Crone for two years, $14.5 million. He's going to be going into his age 32 season in 2022. And I don't want to say how to renaissance year, but 281, 28 homers, 92 RBIs, and 70 runs playing first base for the Colorado Rockies. Um, this is an interesting character from a fantasy perspective. You know, he's going to probably be in that 150 to 200 range come 2022 draft season. You know, home runs is probably one of the easiest stat categories to find, but. Coors Field effect, he did those those numbers in about 470 at-bats. So you figure if he 
is able to get a full season of at-bats, which for him and for that roster is probably max 550. But, you know, tack on another 80 at-bats side, he's probably got 30 dingers. And so 100 RBIs as well. He's going to hit in the middle of that lineup. He's going to play 81 games in a great hitter's environment. So it could be, a you know, a, a late flyer to, you know, throw throw uh, some of your chips on just to see if it hits because, you know, with first base, it, to differentiate, like, him and Jose Abreu right now, right? Like, I would rather have Jose Abreu, but how much of a premium do you have to pay to get Jose Abreu in the, you know, fourth round, fifth round, as a compared to C.J. Crone? And can you make up the stat differences in other places? You know, that's definitely a debate worth having for fantasy baseball purposes. So I think he's a he's a decent he's a decent bet to maintain the home runs and the RBIs. The average, you know, I think that's you know maybe in course field he's able to hit two eighty. And that's pretty solid. Um, we'll take that in fantasy baseball, especially from a rotisserie standpoint. So I think that's a interesting guy to keep your eye on. And then another Piece of news we do have here, Clayton Kershaw. Um, you know, he's getting a platelet-rich plasma injection in his throwing elbow, and it, he's not going to pitch the rest of the postseason. It's going into his age 34 year with, you know, ailing back and elbow concerns. He's a free agent to top this all off, and I just don't know. I don't know what the future looks like for Clayton Kershaw. I'm sure he doesn't really know, know either. He's probably just riding out the postseason right now to see what happens and we'll 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 know the Dodgers fake, you know, soon enough. But you know, this guy is a surefire Hall of Fame pitcher, um, who's had his last few seasons really cut short and, you know, had some Big innings taken away from him from some pretty big injuries. And now he's going to be a free agent. So what teams are going to be interested in him? You know, I know there's been a lot of um, discussion uh, amongst Dodgers fans. I've, you know, read some um, sports broadcasters or sports writers opine that, you know, being a guy from Texas, maybe going back home might be something he'd be interested in. The Dodgers didn't trade him this season, so he has the opportunity to walk away and do what he wants to do. You know, I think there could be a reunion there, but, you know, there is probably going to be other teams that are willing to put more money, you know, into a contract for him. Um, But going into next season, just already with concerns of injury from a fantasy perspective, where do we kind of line him up? I think this is... Definitely one of those guys you need to monitor and watch um, as the offseason progresses to see how he's progressing. Right now, you know, all reports are good. There's no actual UCL damage, but um, it just doesn't sound good, man. And, you know, you've seen a lot of these before where these guys are trying to rehab with these injections instead of just going for surgery. And then, you know, they start throwing a ball again and something tears or something happens and um, they get hurt. So I don't know that I'd be willing to invest a lot of draft capital in him and redraft 
um, at this juncture, you know, and there are going to be drafts starting as early as, um, you know, November and December. There's not very many of them, but you can do on the NFBC. They do have some slow drafts and, um, you know, some very early drafts that occur. Um, and those are those are actually kind of fun. You know, it does get you geared up for baseball and you can't find some tremendous values. Um, so we'll see. I mean, again, if he's healthy going into next season, he's probably going to be somewhere between, you know, 45 and 75 would be my guess uh, from an ADP perspective. But I don't know. I'd, I'd be more interested in him a little bit later. You know, when he's been healthy, he's been great. You know, the, the stats look fine. It's just he hasn't been healthy very much. And if you bake in him not getting 32 starts, then you can pay a price you're comfortable with. Um, he did start 22 games this year to a 3.55 ERA, 10 wins, 144 strikeouts, and 121 innings, and he's got a 1.02 WHIP. So you take that at face value, and it's pretty good. Um, what team is he going to play for? That that's got to be baked into the conversation as well, because if he's not with the Dodgers, I I think you have to downgrade him. If he's you know. And if these health concerns are still a problem, then that's really something you got to be leery of because you just don't want to invest too much in a player that you're not sure if and when he's going to be healthy. Um, and over the past, I would say, four years, he's missed starts. Five years, six years. His last full season was in 2015 where he actually made over 30 starts. Um he obviously got pretty close in 2019 and 2017. Um, but, you know, missing starts everywhere else. Hasn't thrown 200 innings since then either. So you really hope that this guy can get right because when he is, he's an, he's an amazing baseball player and he's, you know, he's a Hall of Fame type pitcher. You know, he's Sandy Koufax. He's... He's every he's Sandy Koufax reincarnate. Um, he's 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 been great, you know, for that team and for the sport. And I think you know, I I think he will be dominant the innings he does pitch. But how many? I don't think anyone can with certainty tell you at this juncture. Um, so another thing we'll have to wait and see. Uh, that kind of concludes the news and notes portion of this and, you know, really what I wanted to touch on today. Um, you know, we're still watching these games and trying to keep up with what's going on in the sport. Um, you know, you get a lot more rumblings as soon as the World Series is over. Um, you know, start to see free agents moving, trades happening. Um, you know, and I don't think a lot of these managerial vacancies will be filled until after then as well. Um, just because there's a lot of interest in guys that are uh, coaches that are on teams in the playoffs right now. Um, and so we'll see we'll see how it all shakes out. Um, I think again, once we get past the playoffs and the season is officially over, um, we'll have a lot more stuff to talk about on a much more frequent basis. But I think that's a great place to park it for today. That gives you, a, 
quick synopsis and catches you up if you haven't been paying to um, baseball as much because football's been extremely entertaining. I know I've been uh, watching all my Charger games and keeping up with all my fantasy teams there as well. Um, so we got other things to think about, but baseball's still on my mind, and you know I'm going to be watching the championship series and uh, the World Series very closely and um, start gearing back up for uh, fantasy baseball next season. So hope you guys will stick it out with me. Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk again soon.